It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to Breakfast with Razzy. Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. <laughs> That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hi, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector wands. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of you youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cunt on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop So tonight In his New Japan Pro Wrestling match Against Kenny Omega Chris Jericho has dedicated the match To his fallen brothers Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, and people online are losing their fucking minds. They're losing their shit about his dedication to Benoit. Oh, I have a lot to say about that, and a few other things as well. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Breakfast of Blasi. I am Don Tony, and it is currently Wednesday, January 3rd, 2018. Thank you for the support, as always. also want to shout out all of our friends on TV Tracks' channel on YouTube, I will definitely be getting into the bulk of everyone else's questions that have not been answered yet. Next week, I will announce the five winners who uh, gave us the questions that we enjoyed the most. Five of you out there are going to win your choice of any pro wrestling shirt or wrestling video, your choice. It doesn't have to be related to our shows. You ain't insulting us if you decide you want to get a Bullet Club or even a Solo Monster shirt instead. When we offer anything, it means anything. Now, before I get into the Benoit tribute and other shit that's going on, I want to talk briefly about SmackDown Live yesterday. And, you know, I want everyone to understand something. You know, yes, I do the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show, Breakfast with Blasi, Breakfast Soup, you know, other things from time to time. And it's primarily wrestling. It doesn't necessarily mean that I have to watch all the shows live as they go down. There is nothing wrong with me watching SmackDown the next day, a couple of days later. Last week, I was sick with the flu and pneumonia, so I watched SmackDown from last week, last night. 
But the reason why I say that is just because I change the channel while something is airing live doesn't mean that I'm quitting on a product. But I got to tell you, as people saw online on Twitter yesterday, I changed the channel during SmackDown yesterday, and I did not tune back. Now, granted, I did watch SmackDown a couple of hours ago, and you know I'm going to react to what I saw. Um, but the reason why I changed the channel yesterday was the match between the Usos and Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. And look, I want to stress something that I've been saying repeatedly. Usos are one of my favorite tag teams. They are without question the top tag team in the WWE right now, bar none in my honest opinion. You know, WWE copped out and put the Usos in the New Day, tied for their top wrestlers of the year. And like I said on Monday, look at the win-loss record of the Usos in 2017. Look at the win-loss record for the New Day. I need say nothing more. All right. And yes, I'm a little annoyed. Why would you put Xavier Woods in the U.S. title tournament and not Big E if you actually think about the food chain? And I, I like I said on Monday, I have no problem with Rusev not being in a tournament. This is going to make people want Rusev even more to win a title and get him more over as a babyface. The Rusev not being in a tournament, I'm fine with. But yesterday... As I'm watching Gable and Benjamin versus the Usos, something happened that really just made me change the channel. And again, I'm going to repeat it. I am a huge fan of the Usos. So I don't want anybody thinking that I got annoyed that the Usos retained. I have no problem with the Usos retaining the belt. I have no problem if they keep the belt for the entire 2018. They bust their ass. They're entertaining as hell. They have improved even more on the mic. And just everything about them is phenomenal right now. But they did something on SmackDown yesterday that really, really pissed me off. And if you didn't see it, just to give you a brief synopsis of it, uh, one of the Usos was in the ring that technically wasn't the legal man in the ring. And Chad Gable, who wasn't the legal man in the ring either, um, got the pin Gable and Benjamin won the tag titles. Now, the way that they won, it felt a little bit too clean and too abrupt. So you kind of in the back of your mind felt like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of a swerve, a clusterfuck right now. I don't want to call it a dusty finish unless you want to call it a dusty wolf finish because that was no dusty roads finish. And for people that don't know what a dusty finish is, go on Google or Wikipedia. I'm sure the definition is there. But what they did, in my opinion, is called creative laziness. And I'm going to use that term going forward when needed. And the best way I could describe it is like this. Okay, we're watching pro wrestling. There are rules and regulations that need to be followed. All right. Or the suspension of disbelief is that there's supposed to be rules and regulations. You can't have Corey Graves every couple of weeks saying there is no replay in wrestling and you can't have, um, you know, the saying that the referee's decision is final, and then because you just want to create a little bit of a buzz or a false finish that you decide, oh, we're going to have another referee come out and show the referee in the ring that he was wrong in his count, and the referee realizes he's wrong, and they'd show an instant replay on the Titantron, and then the match restarts, that's laziness. 
Because now what happens when a wrestler cheats in the, in the future and wins a belt, retains a belt? We could have a referee come out every single time to let that referee in the ring know, hey, you didn't see this, but look at the Titantron. This ain't the Attitude Era where you could get away with shit like this. This is a different time. And to me, these these examples are just asinine. It's creative laziness. I did not like it. You know, for those that missed SmackDown yesterday, basically what happened was what, the Uso that got pinned by Chad Gable, it ends up that Chad Gable was not the legal man and the Uso that was in the ring was not the legal Uso, but we're watching the Titantron as if the referee could figure out which Uso was really supposed to be in the ring, but the referee realizes that Gable wasn't the legal man, so he restarts the match. Come on. That's fucking horrendous. That's horrendous. Now, every fucking time that there's bullshit in the ring, you're going to have people complaining, hey, why isn't a referee coming out for this? And, and speaking of referees, this shit with Daniel Bryan versus Shane McMahon. And if it ends up being Daniel Bryan versus Shane McMahon at WrestleMania, everybody is going to forget about what went on yesterday, what went on a couple of weeks. It was kind of hokey in this storyline. We're all going to forget about it. But for the time being, though, yeah, it's some of it's just horrendous. And yesterday we had where Sami Zayn was wrestling AJ Styles. Kevin Owens is allowed to be at ringside. Kevin Owens really doesn't do anything, but Shane McMahon wants to eject him from ringside. Daniel Bryan gets on the mic, says to Shane McMahon, why don't you leave also? Some clusterfuck finish, AJ Styles ends up losing. AJ Styles goes on the mic and says something dopey like, hey, why don't you just put them both against me? And then Daniel Bryan says, yeah, at the Royal Rumble. It's going to be Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles in a handicap match. Okay? Now, in suspension of disbelief and storyline purposes, if Shane McMahon does not like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and does not like Daniel Bryan's decision to put a handicap match and give the odds in favor of Zayn and Owens winning at the Royal Rumble, why wouldn't Shane McMahon just say, I'll put myself as the referee? I know some of you out there are going to say, oh, he was just a referee. But you see where I'm going with this? You can't do shit like this. You have to always, this is the problem with WWE sometimes. They don't look one step ahead. They look 10 steps ahead. They know ultimately where this is going to go with Shane versus Daniel Bryan. May not necessarily be in the ring could very well be that two other people wrestle against each other. Daniel Bryan's in one corner, Shane's in the other, and whoever wins, the other person's got... It It, we, it doesn't necessarily mean it leads to a match. But you need to also look one step ahead, not ten steps ahead. And I'm watching this go down on TV yesterday. And look, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, they wrestle fucking great. Kevin Owens is in my top two or three on the main roster right now, on both brands, if not my favorite wrestler of all, okay? I have no problem whoever of those three comes out as heavyweight champion in the Royal Rumble. But when you do shit like this on TV yesterday and Shane McMahon is all quiet and looking befuddled and confused that Daniel Bryan just put AJ in a handicap match at the Royal Rumble, uh, why wouldn't he just say, all right, I'm the referee, and try to do the fast count again. Or it, wait a minute, doesn't Shane McMahon have more seniority over Dan? It's just, this is just 
creative laziness, in my opinion. And I know that there's a lot of kids watching, and I know that there's a lot of people that watch that, you know, just are into the action and entertain, and they don't examine the storylines as much as this. But for someone like me and a lot of people out there that are teeter-tottering as far as wanting to watch or not, all right, there's not enough little kids that could keep WWE making the money that they're making. Remember, it's the adults and the parents that buy the stuff for the kids, all right? And yeah, we're going to buy stuff for kid, you know, our kid relatives or our son or daughter or niece or nephews, you know, because they want it, not necessarily because I'm a fan of it as well, but you need to keep adults and people with half a brain interested in the product too. There's a reason why ratings have gone down so much over the past bunch of years. It's not because, hey, I just watch it on YouTube. I watch it on Hulu. I watch it on this. That's not always the answer. All right, and I, and I, I compared it with TNA in the past with Dixie Carter's foolish idea that, you know, people could watch on a recording, you know, and, and it's not always about the, the main primetime airing. Yeah, tell that to advertisers. Tell it to advertisers. You know, say, hey, you know, just fund it on Hulu instead. See how much they offer you compared to primetime. There's a lot of problems right now within WWE. And like I said, wherever this leads with Daniel Bryan, especially if it's in the ring, we're going to forget about these weeks of hokiness and this and that. And we're just going to focus on other things. But for the time being, those thing, two things yesterday, I just did not like it at all. Did not like it all. All right, let's get back to Jericho because that's probably uh, the biggest buzz that's going on right now. You know, tonight, New Japan, Jericho versus Omega is going to take place. And here's basically how this all happened earlier today. All right, there's a wrestling fan online. I, I don't remember his name offhand. I think his first name was Richard. He made a, a black and white pencil sketch of Chris Benoit in regular black and white pencil. You know, really nice caricature of of Chris Jericho. In the background to Jericho's left, now we're watching it the opposite way, so you, you're looking at the picture, you might say, no, no, it's Eddie Guerrero is on the right. No, Eddie Guerrero's on Jericho's left, and Chris Benoit is on Jer- Jericho's right. Now, they're penciled in in very light pencil and gray to look like glowing silhouettes, you know, ghosts, I guess you could call it. And on the top, it says, we are back. And on the bottom, it's got Chris Jericho's name on it. And Jericho liked the graphic. He said, I really like this fan art. And he's dedicating the match to his fallen brothers. Well, everybody and their fucking mother. I don't want to say every single person, but everybody out there for the most part uh, that don't understand brain damage, that don't understand CTE, that don't understand dementia, that don't understand, you know, uh, abuse from, you know, repeated hits to the head, steroids, whatever it is, you know, they don't waste their time to learn about science, but instead will look at just the political correctness of the whole thing and say, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is Chris Jericho thinking? This man is a murderer. He killed his family. He did this and that. How could you celebrate a murderer? Now look, for the first bunch of years, I said that very same thing. I criticized fans out there that had tributes to Benoit. All right, and just said, oh, I'm just focusing on his wrestling career. All right, this is different. 
and let me tell you why I have no problem with Chris Jericho dedicating this match to Chris Benoit, okay? Since the Benoit murders, there are countless medical articles. There is countless reports from physicians. It was discussed in court. There is just so much information that is out there regarding the brain trauma that Chris Benoit had after they did his autopsy. An examining doctor said that Chris Benoit had the brain of an 80-year-old, had sustained lasting damage to every section of his brain. And they have said, to date, Chris Benoit has had one of the most severe cases of CTE that examiners have ever seen. And Benoit was only 40 years old. Okay? Now, I'm not going to bring up other athletes' names out there, but... I, you do your research and you will see thousands, tens of thousands of regular folk. If you want to f- just to focus on famous people, there are a countless number of athletes who have suffered CTE, dementia, who have killed themselves, who have, with no history of violence whatsoever, starting assaulting their family, committed murders, killed themselves, you know, just everything. So there is something to CTE and brain damage and it leading to dementia and leading to acts of violence from people who have never shown an ounce of of abuse and violence in the outside world, in the real world. Yes, you tackle someone on a football field. Yes, you wrestle and it's choreographed violence in the ring. But we're talking about what's in your heart, your wife, your kids, your family, a stranger on the street, best friends. You look at tragedy after tragedy after tragedy, and in no way, shape, or form am I justifying Benoit's murderers. They're not excusable. They're not forgivable, in my opinion. But what a lot of people out there seem to forget, and it's very hard for any of us to relate to what happened with Benoit Unless you had a close friend that did that, a family member that did that. And you got to understand where Chris Jericho is coming from. Now, don't get me wrong. Chris Jericho is not the be-all, end-all. Anything he does, I support it. It's not that. But you have to take a step back for a minute and try to understand, okay, Chris Jericho was very close with Chris Benoit for decades, okay? People who are very close with Benoit say he had no history of abuse outside of the wrestling ring. One of the nicest guys. Yes, he was quiet. Didn't wasn't his gimmick in WCW silent but violent. You know, he was not known for abuse. So we don't know what put him over the edge. But when you realize that there's report after report after report, there's institutes, there's all this medical science that proves that the CTE, brain damage, dementia, suicide, murders, you know, erratic behavior, all right, doesn't justify the acts because there's a lot of people out there with CTE and dementia and other things that do not commit that type of behavior. But there are a lot that do. And all I'm saying is that Chris Jericho was close to this man. Chris Jericho was a close friend to him. Chris Jericho, in his heart, does not forgive Chris Benoit, in my opinion. I could be wrong. But he 
looks at the brain issues with Benoit, looks at his history, knows the man intimately as a friend, and is saying to him, how could this guy do this? So you, you have to just understand they were close friends and maybe medical, you know, science, maybe the CT was the reason why Benoit flipped. Maybe it wasn't. There's so many s- scenarios and analogies out there. We will never know the answer. But all I'm saying is, is that any of us, we don't have a close friend that we knew for 20, 30, 40 years that ended up with severe brain injuries and just totally flipped out and committed violence against some. You mean to tell me everyone deep down inside, if you had a best friend or a very close friend for 20, 30, 40 years that had no history of any violence whatsoever, gets into a car accident, hits their head on a steering wheel, has brain damage from it, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere kills his fucking family and kills himself. And it's revealed that he's got all his brain down. You don't think deep down inside you may say to yourself, look, I can't forgive him what he did, but, you know, I kind of feel that this is the reason why it happened. So, you know, I, 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 I think of him in a different way. Jericho looks at Benoit totally different than you and I have. So all I'm saying is, is that do I agree with Jericho paying tribute to Benoit? No, I don't agree with it at all. But I respect it, and I totally, you know, say to myself, you know what? They had a relationship. There's a lot of medical science leading to, you know, the reasons why Benoit possibly did what he did. And I respect Chris Jericho's decision to dedicate the match. That's it. Plain and simple. You know, I I don't mean to criticize anybody out there. But what I wrote on Twitter earlier today was I said, you know, people, a lot of you out there need to get off social media Start learning about CTE. Start learning about brain damage. Start learning about dementia. Start learning about athlete after athlete after athlete who went from peace-loving, no issues whatsoever, to blowing their brains out, killing themselves, killing other people. Do you remember Vern Gagne, God rest his soul, when he was in the hospital? It was, what, in his 90s, around 90 years old? And he was suffering from brain issues also. And then out of nowhere, he tried to kill like a fellow member that's in the old age home. Do you remember that? So all I'm saying, everyone out there, is that before you jump on the political correctness, oh, my God, how can he tribute a murderer or a child killer and this, this, and that? I don't agree with it. But I learn, I research, I try to understand why, and you may still lead to the same conclusion you have now but to just jump on social media how dare he oh my god that's disgusting you know understand possibly the reasons behind why you know the man is playing paying tribute to you know just please i see that today and you know look i i totally understand why real young wrestling fans would not understand it but you need to take a step back sometimes and you know try to understand something to learn a little bit that's why i'm always trying to learn online always trying to watch stuff on tv that piques my interest always trying to further my knowledge about things it better educates me why certain things happen Anyway, today's edition of Breakfast of Blossy is brought to you by our associate producers and sponsors. Make sure you go check out TV Tracks on 
Two tube. Two tube. Check out TV tracks on YouTube. He's got lots of clips of our show, Solo Monster and others. Rock Reviews, who is also on YouTube, reviewing a lot of uh albums this year and some really, really unique shows. I'm telling you, if you're into any type of uh you don't even have to be a fan of rock music. Their podcasts are pretty fucking entertaining. Also, DJ Dells with his sneaker podcast, even though he doesn't always talk about sneakers, he's got a very unique show out there, and I just find that the sneaker podcast he does with wrestlers the most enjoyable. You know, to see wrestlers and not get the usual, oh, when did you know you wanted to be a wrestler? He's like, no, nah, what do you think of these Adidas? <laughs> SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling collectible and comic book needs. Crisis in the Toyverse has a podcast that gets into a lot of collectibles as well. You could search them on YouTube under the name Undercover Capes. On eBay, you could search the name Your, Your Best Bargains LLC and Wrestling Loot. They both have some really cool shit on eBay you might want to just consider checking out. And I want to give a special shout-out to Blake Michaels, who uh, did that intro, paying tribute to uh, myself, Kev Castle, and Wrestling Soup. Um, you can check him out on Instagram at Blake um, Blake Michaels ninety three, and uh, I want to thank everybody for the support. I'll get into the uh, associate producers in a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit back and forth today as far as uh, listener questions and some other tidbits. You got to remember, Don Tony Kevin Castle show took place less than forty eight hours ago, so there's not you know a whole lot of news that has broke since then. I did find something interesting earlier today. For now, don't read too much into it. But, you know, they started announcing the tag teams that are going to be in this mixed tag tournament that WWE's been uh, hyping up that's involved with social media. Now, one thing I found interesting today is that Kurt Angle made an announcement on Twitter that he was pulling Enzo Amore from the tournament because he has the flu. Now, on the surface, you might look at them and be like, okay, they're announcing tag teams today. You know, Enzo is sick with the flu. Obviously, you know, it makes sense. No, it doesn't. Because the matches are not supposed to start for two weeks. And do you really get hit with the flu for two, three weeks at a time? So the reason why I say that is that why would you pull Enzo two weeks before the tournament happens? You leave him in the tournament. And then if he's sick still with the flu two weeks from now and cannot compete, you put someone else in his place. You do a substitute. You know, why do we need to have locked, cocked, and barrel the teams advanced to announce two weeks in event? So there's a little bit more to that story that meets the eye. And this is just my opinion. And, you know, to aspiring podcasters out there especially, but everybody in general, you know, when I do my show and I talk about Sid Vicious on Monday, which everybody got a kick out of, but believe me when I tell you, neither Kev nor myself planned it in advance that we were going to embarrass Sid Vicious. We were going to call him out. No, we read what he claimed to have said. We listened to the audio. I did my research. I learned that everything he said was a falsity. I looked at the own laws in Arkansas and motor vehicle and plane and what happens when you don't have ID. And it came to an opinionated conclusion. Is it possible that Sid was telling the truth? Absolutely. Could Enzo have legitimately been pulled from this tournament because of the flu? Absolutely. But for especially, like I said, for aspiring podcasters out there, when a story like that is presented, and it on the surface it just seems like, you know, maybe there's something a little more do it to it, do a little research or take a step back and just look at it in a common sense way. 
Does that make sense? Would this happen? Would you do that? And you come to whatever conclusion you come to. Remember, when it comes to opinions, even with the stuff I said earlier about Chris Jericho, you know, it's just my opinion. All right, you may end up agreeing with me wholeheartedly after what I said. You may still disagree with me wholeheartedly. All right, it's opinion. You have an opinion, I have an opinion. But just because my opinion is not the same as yours, don't criticize mine or rip mine or say that I'm wrong, and I won't do the same back. But again, you know, for the people online that are losing their shit and don't know a thing about CTE other than the fact that Chris Nowinski owns an institute and they research brains and they dissect it, and if, if you don't really understand or learn the science, you know... Number one, shame on you and that's your loss, you know, but number two, you know, maybe you need to take a step back and maybe learn things a little bit more and try to understand things. You see, like with Trump with the tax thing, all right, my father's getting royally fucked in New York with this Trump tax plan. My father still supports Trump, but my father is getting royally screwed right now. You have no idea. If I start, and I might talk about on blah, blah, blah Saturday, but- when you realize that 85% of Americans are getting a tax break, you know, and you start, go, like I told everyone, go on a website, they have tax calculators on there, and instead of just listening to what I say or what Democrats say or anyone else says, you know, you do your research. You know, go on a tax website, type in your information, it takes literally two minutes to do, and see if you're going to get a tax credit or not. So do your own research. If you have an opinion on something or if you want to come to an opinion on something, do a little research on your own and it'll educate yourself as well. You know, I saw too many websites talking about the SID thing and yet nobody did research. Not one person. They were just citing the law that Bush put in place, I think in 2005, though Obama implemented. And they said, ah, you see? Yeah, that's the law. No ID. But they didn't bother searching anything else, especially at Arkansas isn't instituting it until 2020. So anyway, like I said, we're going to go back and forth a little bit. We'll listen to questions. Oh, and I, I need to mention this. I should have said it right at the beginning. If you notice, Kev Castle is not on with me today. And that's not by choice. If you listen to Monday's show, you heard me invite Kev Castle to be on with me to answer listening questions, especially from Trax's channel, and some patrons as well. And about two hours ago, I got an instant message from Kev saying that he actually had to work late today, that uh, one of the persons he works with is out of state, so he ended up getting uh, a, an abrupt amount of work and couldn't be on. So I just wanted to mention that. And to the trolls out there, you know, when I mention something with Kev, it's not always trying to pick fights. Everything is cool in the gang right now. There are no issues. My New Year's resolution, I have two of them this year. Number one, to try to live as much of a stress-free year as possible. I am trying not to ha undergo any stress at all whatsoever. Trying to be cool, calm, collected, smile on my face. Even though it may not sound like I'm smiling when I'm talking, but smiles inside. Everything is good right now. And I honestly and truly mean that. Shows are great. The shows are fun. Everything is good. If something happens that's, a, you know, not a positive or a negative about show or somebody makes a mistake or somebody can't do something. It's not me taking pot shots. 
It's not taking everything is cool in the game right now. So believe me, I'm not annoyed that Chris couldn't, uh, Chris, that Kev couldn't be on right now. He's got work to do, so I'm going to do the questions myself. But I will still announce next week the five winners out there uh, who gave us the questions that we enjoyed the most. Domination Warrior, what are our thoughts on Tetsuya Naito and Los Ingo Bernables? You know, it's funny. I hope you listened to Monday's DTKC show because I discussed in detail Tetsuya Naito. And I discussed on how when he went back to New Japan from CMLL and he was poised to be one of the top, if not the top babyface of that promotion. And New Japan saw on how the crowd was reacting to him early on. They immediately changed direction. And now he has this faction. It is super over. I know a lot of people are drooling to see a little little more interaction between them and Bullet Club. And that just goes to show you that, you know, when when a promotion sees something not now, I'm not trying to say that New Japan is on the same level as WWE. They're obviously not. They're doing well, but they're not on that level. But it is refreshing and cool to see when a promotion realizes that something isn't going as planned and they make changes and the changes work out very well. Daniel Bryan is the most notable one in WWE, but that also happened to Tsuya Naito. So it's very cool to see that. And I think, you know, the, the, the way they're using them right now is great in New Japan. No complaints whatsoever. And also, I can't remember who it was on Twitter. Somebody said, oh, because they heard what I said on Monday about Naito. They said, oh, you know, Don Tony, listen to Solo Monster. Let me assure you that everything I say on my shows are my thoughts, my opinions, and my, you know, research. Okay, I did not listen to Solo Monster talking about Naito. I don't listen to other podcasts giving their thoughts on something like that. If I agreed or disagreed with a different podcast, I will make mention of it. I have not listened to Solo Monster's show in months, not because I don't like him, not because I don't like his show, but because... There's so much going on right now on my plate. I don't have time to listen to other shows. And honestly, I worry about these these shows before anyone else's. So just because I make a comment that might be in support of or in agreement with another show doesn't mean I listen to other shows. I worry about me. And I've been doing this for 20 years. There ain't no fucking way that I'm going to depend on other people's thoughts and comments to make those on my own. And that's not a knock on Solomon's, but I wanted to, to mention that. And for those, because I noticed there were a bunch of questions on that, why have I not talked as much about New Japan and Ring of Honor as I wanted to? It's simple. A majority of people that listen to these shows do not follow Ring of Honor New Japan. You may read it in the headlines. You may watch little promos. You may watch little clips here and there. Good stuff, hokey stuff, dumb stuff, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, about 95% of my listeners don't tune into those other products. So I keep the conversations at a minimum. I will definitely always bring up news for those promotions when needed. Obviously, I was going to talk today that Ring of Honor has launched a couple of new designs to their belts. Uh, for some reason, people are not thrilled about it. They think that they're going around with WWE saying that you know all the belts are starting to look like each other, which I don't agree with. I don't agree that they look, you know, similar to, you know, it's whatever. The belts look nice. You know, it's not being so hypocritical. It's not the fucking good. Remember how we were so critical of the Universal Championship looking like a big red tampon? I actually like the belt a little bit. 
You know, it wouldn't be my first or even fifth choice if I ever bought a wrestling belt, which I don't. But, you know, now I can, I'm fine with the, the way that title looks. But, um, you know, as time goes by and things are warranted and momentum and more interest is brought upon my listeners, that's why I always say your feedback is very important for these shows. We are always trying to evolve and, you know, our content is dictated by all of you. So I welcome anybody wanting certain things discussed a little bit more because the more I see that, the more I will oblige. You know, and at the same time, as I said before, please, nobody with this, you know, I'm trying to start shit. You know, there's two people on the show on Monday. So if one of us, could be me also, if one of us does not follow product or faction or, or, you know, or an event, it's very hard to have a two-way conversation about it. So, you know, all the stars have to align perfectly when it comes to promotions that maybe aren't as... Um, you know, widely discussed the United States compared to others, but you know, we we get it done. Excellent reviewer. Uh, do I get FTRR? Yes, I do. I do. People are scra- always scrambling online trying to figure out what the young bucks are saying, and you know, there's a little hashtag things going on. You know, I have nothing wrong with that, but you know, whatever. You know, some people think it's fuck the revival. This whatever. Ozka. Was I a fan or who would I preferred more, Wu-Tang or NWA? To be honest with you, I preferred Wu-Tang Clan over NWA. And the reason being is, and I've talked about this before, you got to understand something. I'm an Italian guy from Howard Beach, Queens, home where John Gotti lived, a lot of cardboard gangsters, real gangsters, primarily Italian growing up over here. And me and my buddies, we used to hang out at Juniper Park. We used to hang out at a house, whatever it was. And we cranked tunes and we're, you know, reciting the lyrics and shit like that. And it was all different types of music. It was kind of hard to recite the lyrics of NWA and Public Enemy being a, an Italian white guy. You know, when they look, some of the, the lyrics are fucking great. But when they use the N-word and they're talking about Farrakhan and fuck the police and, you know, black militants, kind of looks goofy with me saying stuff like that. That's why I always used to prefer more safe groups like Run DMC, Tribe Called Quest. I mean, you could get away a little bit more with Wu-Tang. I mean, Method Men. I mean, anybody could go M-E-T-H-O-D, man, M-E-T-H-O-D, man. But, you know, you recite some of the NWA lyrics. Uh, If I was around those of color, I probably would get punched in the face. Seriously. BB Drix, why does WWE try to stop certain wrestlers from getting over too much? I don't think they do it as much as they used to. You know, we always talked in the past on how they seem to pull the wool from, uh, from Christian and others. I think right now WWE would be thankful um if someone was really getting over unexpectedly i just think sometimes especially when it gets around wrestlemania time you know back in the day wwe would plan a year in advance of what their wrestlemania matches were going to be now these days they do plan for the most part six months in advance sometimes longer sometimes shorter and when you have something go totally wrong you know, like Batista when he came back at that time and the thing with Daniel Bryan and even Ray Ray when he was in the Royal Rumble got shitted on. You know, sometimes it really rattles WWE. 
So I think sometimes they go with a certain program and they don't want to deviate from it, or they just feel that someone is not completely ready or in their prime yet. Early in 2017, Braun Strowman, I, we, I remember talking about on the shows, he had so much momentum with, with Roman Reigns. I hate Roman Reigns. I ain't finished with you. And then all of a sudden, like, the fans would chant one more time when he's beating the fuck out of Roman Reigns, stuff like that. And he was getting over. And then he, all of a sudden, cut this choreographed, scripted promo that, just like all of you, I hate Roman Reigns. And, like, he's, like, in, in, intentionally going out of his way to shit on the crowd. And of course, that was not Braun Strowman. He was instructed by WWE officers to do that. But it just felt like... Why are you killing this guy's momentum? And to me, it fucked it up for a while because I remember having debates with Kev on the Monday show that Kev thought that Braun Strowman is not a main event or he's not ready. I thought that he was, but there were a lot of people that just felt like, and maybe WWE at that time felt, you know, it's a little too early, you know, let's just wait a little longer and then we'll finally pull it. And I think WWE realized they had no choice but to really start pushing them big time now. Especially when you look back at 17 and realize Brock Lesnar only wrestled 13 matches and made 12 million bucks. So, you know, I don't think they look at a wrestler, the person gets over and says, oh, fuck. Damn, this person's getting over. Fuck. I don't think it's like that. Uh, Howard Starr, like WWE has a cruiserweight division for 205 Live. Would we like to see one day 305 Live for heavyweight division? No, no. Because heavyweights are all shapes and sizes, and uh, you know, wh- what do you what do you do between the weights of two hundred five and three hundred five, or two hundred six and three hundred four? You know what I mean? Uh, even though, you know, look, I know a lot of you out there want my thoughts of Goldust being on two hundred five live yesterday. Kevin and I already talked about it on Monday the fact that he was in the match with Cedric Alexander. You know, this is just trying to get some name value on the 205 Live roster. Goldust is not 205 Live. Why was he even on the 205 Live show yesterday? If you think about it, you know, it's not like he was a valet or a love interest of one of these guys. He actually wrestled. WWE realizes the roster that they have on 205 Live right now, there's virtually no one that is tremendously over as, you know, a babyface defense could get into veterans you know, they don't have Rey Mysterio. They don't have other young guys. Well, I shouldn't say young guys. They don't have veterans who are, you know, small in stature for the most part. And I'm sure people could bring up one person here, one person there. But they really don't have. So they use it. They're going to use more guys that are maybe not getting, a you know, any type of a role on the main roster right now. We'll throw them into a five live. There's good, think about that. For the even the biggest Goldust fans out there, should he have been on 205 Live yesterday? Absolutely not. It makes no sense whatsoever. But they did it, and quite honestly, I'm not complaining. Because I see Goldust getting a little bit of work, and I'm a fan of Goldust. But the minute you put a guy that weighs more than 205 on 205 Live, you're pretty much admitting that it can't get over the way it is. Now, yeah, you could justify it by saying, hey, he'll never be able to vie for a championship because he doesn't make the weight. Still shouldn't be on that show. Is this creative laziness? Think about it. I talked about creative laziness before. Putting a non-205 guy on that show, wrestling, on 205 Live. Think about that. Is that creative laziness? Could very well be. Anyway, uh, Chogal. 
2005 Montreal WWE Raw, Shawn Michaels cuts the troll promo with Bret Hart's theme plays, which in turn produces one of the biggest crowd pops in WWE history. To my knowledge, was there any negotiations with Bret at the time to bring him back? Yeah, absolutely. WWE wanted to put him in the Hall of Fame, and they were trying to make amends with him. There was a lot of bitterness still. You got to remember, Owen Hart passing away, Montreal Screwjob, the uh, stroke that Bret Hart had, um, they weren't going to start trolling him and pissing him off even more. So, yeah, there were negotiations at that time. Spongebelt, what was the best and worst holidays I've ever had? Uh, the worst holiday I ever had, I've talked about this before in Growing Up Don Tony. I remember a Thanksgiving uh, once, I'd say around 1993 or 94, I was dating a Jewish girl at the time, and I still remember it to this day clear. She invited me to her uncle's house for Thanksgiving dinner, and I walked in. Everybody was nice originally, introduced themselves. I introduced myself. They were asking me how long we were dating and this and that, blah, 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 and not even three minutes of being here. Her uncle turns around and says, uh, sorry, we don't have any of that eggplant parmesan or that lasagna stuff. You know, I hope matzo ball soup is acceptable. And I kind of like brushed it off. And I said to him, I said, well, to be honest with you, I said, I, I really like matzo ball soup. In fact, I had revealed to them that I was the first ever Italian to work at Ben's Best, which is a Jewish deli, a very famous one here in Queens. And you had to see their faces almost turn white, that they could not believe that a, a, a true Jewish deli would hire an Italian guy. And the whole time there, they made me feel uncomfortable. Stereotypes, hey, Anthony, Prince Spaghetti Day. And I'm sure some of you out there will know what I'm talking about. They made me feel so fucking uncomfortable. And I remember my ex-girlfriend looking at me and really felt bad, but... I realized right then and there, there was no way that this relationship was going to work out. It's not because of our uncles and aunts being assholes, but I just realized the culture difference between their family and mine was just too, too, too different. And as far as favorite holidays, I got to go to Christmas, you know, getting together with my family and, you know, just close friends and relatives and being able to spend it with the ones that I love. Um, it's, it's excellent. And I just, uh, I'm very thankful that I still have both my parents here. Shout out to Mad Dog No Good. Uh, if I was a wrestler, would I rather be a popular indie darling doing okay for myself on the indies with a lighter schedule, but less money, or would I rather be in WWE at mid card hell, not being pushed, but have a six figure contract and better catering? Honestly, I don't know if I would have said the same thing 20 years ago, but I would rather be on the indies working a lighter schedule, yes, less money, uh, I, I would have more fun. And, you know, the only thing that sucks is a lot of the traveling and stuff like that, but I'd rather be an indie darling, to be honest with you. Um, however, I, I also, you know, agree that, you know, if you're in the mid-card in WWE, but you have a secure job and you're doing well and you have a little bit of a following and you got a little bit of merch, I mean, that's, for some people, maybe that's not good enough because you strive to be the best you can. You, you strive to be world heavyweight champion. I'm very curious to see the debate Kevin and I have this Monday as to who we feel had a harder time or more difficult road to the heavyweight title, Daniel Bryan or CM Punk. It's going to be a fabulous debate I'm looking forward to. I'm not revealing my answer yet, 
But if you sign up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Don Tony, or if you're a member there already, you heard the conversation at Mish of Wrestling Soup and I had last Wednesday. It was fucking awesome. I mean, it was just, Mish never in a million years thought that I was going to answer the way I did and vice versa. It was a really good conversation. That topic that Kevin and I have Monday is going to be one of the most debated topics on YouTube that we've ever done. Trust me when I tell you, I see it coming. Oz, how come some third-generation wrestlers get a push and others don't, like Bo Dallas or Curtis Axel? I can't tell you. I mean, I just, I look over the years, and I've seen second- and third-generation wrestlers just get pushes that you just leave you scratching your head, and I've seen the opposite. I mean, you know, Curtis Axel, you know, he's not a spring chicken anymore, and Bo Dallas has been around for a while. He did very well in NXT. It's just, I don't think it has anything to do with them being second or third generation wrestlers. Sometimes when they don't get a push. I think it's just WWE, see someone, fill a role. Not everybody could be heavyweight champion. Not everyone could main event. And, you know, to some, it's frustrating. To others, it's nothing out of the ordinary. Blue Knight uh, and Pro Wrestling Sucks. Pro wrestling sucks. Why are you asking those questions? Especially wrestling-related one. Uh, basically, they want to know uh, what do we think about Batista's possibility of returning in 2018 and how we, we book it. Honestly, uh, I would book it similar to Goldberg. However, I do not want to see Batista getting a heavyweight championship run uh, right off the bat. If momentum steers it in that direction, fine. But... Um, I think that was one of the biggest mistakes at that time. It, look, it was bad timing. Everybody was in love with Daniel Bryan. They wanted him to get the WrestleMania shot. Everybody else that was going to block it was going to get you know run over. And that's what happened to Batista. Um, I would definitely have him feud with uh, Triple H, you know, it, without a doubt. He has to feud with the McMahons about something. Um, I don't know if that would work with Brock Lesnar or someone else. Not sure about doing that with Batista. Um, but I don't want to overthink it. I think, you know, less is more, especially with Batista, because there's a lot of things that are still a little bit fresh on people's minds and things that if people want to troll them, they could do it very, very easily and very quickly with Blutista and all, you know, the skinny pants and shit like that. But you got to remember, though, you know, this is a couple of Guardian and Guardians in the Galaxy movies later and Batista is on a roll in Hollywood. So it would be very interesting to see how fans would react this time around. They would have to have a few with Triple H. It would be easy. It would be a lot easier to get Batista over, especially if fans want to see Strowman or someone else with the heavyweight title instead of Batista. If he's not going to run for a title and fans out there realize that, I think they'll accept Batista a thousand times more. Joe Maurer, any chance of a likely swerve in the Women's Royal Rumble where the likely winner, Asuka, gets injured backstage and a notable face wins the Rumble? I'll give you one better. There's rumors going around that WWE, and I think this is this is lazy, you know, creative laziness too. You know, because there's so few women on the roster, and yes, I know NXT didn't have a huge amount of women as well, but this undefeated storyline that they're doing they need to end it sooner than later. Because like I said, there's only so many times we could see a fighting Alicia Fox and Dana Brooke over and over and over and over and over again. Yes, she fought Alexa Bliss the other day, fine, whatever. But the thing is, is that, you know, what are they going to do? 
Who else is she going to go up against? So there are reports going around that in order to continue this WWE undefeated streak and continue it longer, they are heavily thinking about putting the women's title on her before the Royal Rumble so she doesn't have to compete in the Royal Rumble. In fact, she won't even need to compete on the pay-per-view. I don't I don't know what to think of that. Does Asuka, is she ready for the women's title? Absolutely. Is she great? Absolutely. It's it's very interesting. I avoided a debate that Kevin and I could have had about Asuka two weeks ago. And I avoided it because I saw some of the reaction Kev was getting on Twitter about it. And I was like, if I put this on the show, you know, people are really going to have a field day with him. It's his opinion. I disagree with him wholeheartedly. But that would have been an excellent debate to have. He is not feeling, you know, the way they're pushing Oscar the way I am. He thinks, you know, the heart smiling is like kind of corny and stuff like that. To me, I see her smile more like she's rubbing in your face. Come on, I dare you. I dare you. Come on, try to hit me. I'll, I'll fuck you up. You know, that look like like drooling, like, you know, you, you want that person to try to throw a punch. That's how I see her smiling. I, it's not um, Apollo Crews smiles, if you know what I mean. Um, but I don't know, giving her the women's title right before the Royal Rumble, just so you could milk the undefeated, the undefeated streak. Obviously WWE wants someone else to win the Royal Rumble. That's what it tells me right away. So the fact that they're going to try to do something. So Oscar wins the belt before the Royal Rumble. uh, I think that's creative laziness. And, you know, it obviously tells me they have someone else in mind, mind to win it. Will it be Nia Jax? I don't know. Fernando, uh, did my grandmother legitimately believe wrestling was real or was she acting like, yeah, yeah, she thought most of it was real. She really did. Um, if you ever go on my YouTube channel and you watch the footage that I taped from local news broadcasts in 1985 that I recorded myself at the time, you see a lot of adults on camera insisting that wrestling was real. My grandmother honestly thought it was real and, um, nobody had the heart to, uh, tell her otherwise my uncle was very quick to rub it in my face why are you watching that fake shit for i couldn't do that to my grandmother i i told you my grandmother hated roddy piper with a passion she loved hulk hogan now you gotta remember my grandmother died in 1991 so this was before nwo hogan getting you know played out you know all this steroid controversies and shit like that he was real american and my grandmother loved it and uh, I used to torment my grandmother with Roddy Piper stuff, and uh, I miss her. But again, if it wasn't for her getting me into wrestling, enjoying wrestling, and my uncle working for Ridgewood Grove Arena for WWF at that time, I wouldn't be doing these shows right now. Where's my hose? Undertaker's rumored to return. Do you? Th- do I think that he and Kane should have their final match with each other with Mick Foley as a guest referee? Uh I don't know about Foley being a referee. Look, I'm the biggest Mick Foley fan out there. Um, I don't think it would be that you know, meaningful as much as you and I would see it to be. Uh, I don't want Undertaker to return. The way he had his match with Roman Reigns last year, I, I thought it was horrendous. And, you know, yes, he's been off, you know, the road and not wrestling for a year. And yes, his body might be recharged and he may have had a knee surgery here and there. He might be feeling like a million dollars right now. And yeah, he can have a match in the ring, you know, without cameras around to see how he feels afterwards to see if he could still do it. 
But WrestleMania is a totally different animal. And I, if if he goes out there in its second year in a row and embarrasses himself, uh, I just I don't want to see it. I'd leave it alone. Leave it alone. Sneaker nerd, uh, do I have any fantasy matches still? Uh, if that's even possible, no, I really don't. I mean, if you're talking about fantasy matches that could could still happen, no. And I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that would love to see Kenny Omega versus you know insert. AJ Styles or someone there. Yeah, of course. I don't know if I would call that a fantasy match. I think it's in a match that could happen, should happen. Me, fantasy matches are more, you know, two people that, you know, maybe from different eras that you wish you could see face each other. Um, R Sheep, uh, if I was a part of WWE Creative, how would I push Dean Ambrose next year, even though he's injured or could be injured till March? No, I, I think it, you just use him the way you've been. I, there's really not much. I, fans, I don't think want to see him as a heel. Fans would love to see Roman Reigns as a heel. Uh, I think fans would be a little bit more receptive to see Seth Rollins as a heel as a heel as over Dean Ambrose. Um, I just look. A lot of people sent questions in if I thought the Shield reunion has been a failure, and I say no because, and I'm not saying this to brag. Go on Trax's channel and look up the clips of yours truly talking about the Shield reuniting from earlier this year. How it went down before, right before the Seth, the uh, Dean Ambrose injury, is exactly the way I said it was going to be. This was strictly designed to try to masquerade Roman Reigns being, you know, as a heel, bring him out together a couple of times, but in the end, WWE had no plans, none to stop Roman Reigns' singles push. And you were going to see, you got to remember, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose were tag team champions before the Shield reformed. So really, what was different about other than wearing Shield shirts? That was done also to sell some merchandise. So no, I don't think it was a, a failure. I How I expected it to, to happen, happened almost to the T. Now, of course, Dean Ambrose getting injured, you know, kind of hurt those plans and kind of put a monkey wrench into it. But the way it was going down, exactly how I thought it would be. So, but I would, I honestly wouldn't change the way they use Dean Ambrose. Um, you're not going to get John Moxley, if that's what you're thinking. Uh, Insane Bob's Crazy Shack, what's my favorite album of all time? If you're talking about like a CD, a musical CD or an album that I could listen to from track one, all the way to the end, Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. I know I listen 99% of the time of dance music, but as far as any album from beginning to end where I could just sit there and listen to every fucking track in order, uninterrupted, Dark Side of the Moon. Timothy Place, what is my favorite winter activity or sport that I participated in when I was younger? Uh, I used to love hiking in the Catskills, Bear Mountain used to love doing that um yeah i used to play football a little bit i tried out for the high school football team i actually made a couple of cuts in freshman year but i didn't make the final cut i remember one game vividly playing in juniper park where i accidentally broke my friend's leg still i'm haunted to it to this day i'm still friends with him personally on facebook but once in a while he likes to rub it in my face Oh, I had a bad day today. A little pain in the leg. Thanks, de Blasi. 
still. And he broke his leg, what, around 1990? But no, used to love going hiking and camping in the mountains. Um, Shazad Ali, shout out to you, my friend. If, uh, if we were randomly called up to WWE as a tag team in 2018, what would be our entire theme music and moveset? Obviously, I can't speak for Kev, but me, I would not wrestle. I would do the managing stuff. Um, but I wouldn't do it because I, I don't, I wouldn't be ready. I wouldn't be anywhere good. So, but, uh, me, I would do the magic. In fact, a few people have asked me if I was asked to go back to managing, doing some stuff here in the Northeast on the Indies, would I do it? And the answer is absolutely. Um, but I would only do it, you know, if it was on, uh, a semi-regular basis. If I did it for like a reunion show or something like that, yeah, I would do it. I had fun doing it, but it's got to be the right circumstance, and it's got to be because people wanted to see me, you know, come back and do some stuff. But I don't want to take up a spot of someone who, you know, is really dedicated to this and really, you know, I wouldn't want to do that to someone. Uh, I love this name. I almost want to give him a shirt just for this name. Rumple Foreskin. Despite his reputation as a locker room leader, it's no secret that Undertaker garnered respect from guys like JBL, whom himself garnered a reputation as a locker room bully. Why do I think more guys didn't scrutinize the Undertaker's stature as a leader due to his, his enamoring himself to a guy like JBL, yet at the same time forcing other guys to go to wrestlers' court for engaging in activities that seem to be less abrasive? Look, Undertaker's a locker room leader. You don't you know, swerve Undertaker. JBL, yeah, the bully stuff, you're afraid of him as well. But you got to respect your peers, your elders. Undertaker has been around for decades upon decades. He was so well-liked and well-respected. You got to understand something, too. You, myself, and everyone else listening, for the most part, do not know the Undertaker personally. Did not work with him behind the scenes. So we don't know. You know, we hear he's a locker room leader, and we hear the wrestlers over the years and managers and everybody involved in wrestling praise the fuck out of Undertaker, but we weren't there to witness it. So if you're around the locker room leader and you know him, you see everyday stuff, and you, you see how he goes to bat for people, you have a totally different aspect or uh, impression of that person compared to all of us. So we're on the outside looking in. So to for you or me or anyone else to try to understand why those, you know, enamored him so much, you got to ask those people. That's the best way I can describe it. Aldo Rodriguez, do I see Hollywood? Uh, we had a Hollywood Hulk Hogan and we had a Hollywood Rock. Do we think there will be a Hollywood version of John Cena? Never say never, but... You know, you kind of feel like John Cena will always be that role model to the kids deal. I think WWE would have to go into a totally different creative direction entirely. Not just with John Cena, but the overall product itself. I'm not saying to go back to attitude, but they would have to portray themselves in a totally different direction, I think, to really do something like that. But it's possible, you know, never say never. Never say never. Uh, Fernando, best advice in life for a 19-year-old like you? Couldn't give it to you, my friend. When I was 19, I mean, it's not that long ago, but, uh, you know, internet um, was not around. And, uh, you know, how I used to go through the days and the nights and the weekends and the summer and the winter is totally different than people of today. And, uh, you know, I just would say stay out of trouble, you know, 
get a good education, get, you know, good quality traits about yourself, you know, be reliable, work, have a little good worth ethic there, commit, you know, and just uh, stay out of trouble. But uh, you're asking the wrong person, to be honest with you. I, I just, I would give you all the generic answers that you probably would hear a thousand times from others. Mad Max, regarding WWE documentaries, my favorite and least favorite of all time. Most favorite, I'll go with Paul Heyman, ECW, the AWA one was good. They've come out with some really good ones recently. The only problem I've had with some of them is that they have ended after an hour, hour and 10 minutes, and sometimes you just feel like they're, they're really just breezing through you know, certain years without really spending much time on that. Uh, as far as worst documentary, I can't think of any off offhand. I mean, there's been some that were not as enjoyable as others, but you know, for the most part, WWE that's one thing that they have done pretty good, uh, and in some cases, excellent. The documentaries. Um, Jordan Harrell, if John Cena ended up being a whoa, if if John Cena is truly a free agent, why can't he go to New Japan? Storyline, my friend storyline but if he ever really was a free agent and not under contract to wwe would he go to new japan i don't think so honestly don't think so uh yes chris jericho still has a good relationship with wwe and he will be back you know sometime um and vince gave him you know all the praise to go to new japan gave him the okay uh john cena though i think he's wwe lifer oz ak who's a bigger drawer hulk hogan or vince mcmahon well I, I honestly have to go with Austin. I mean, look, I was a Hulkamaniac as a kid. Hulk Hogan is the reason, along with Vince, why wrestling uh, got so widely accepted mainstream. If you weren't a wrestling fan in the middle 80s, I couldn't even describe to you what it was like to be a wrestling fan. It was uh, a very unique era. Uh, granted, um, you know, it was very cartoony and things like that, but it was so widely accepted amongst like mtv and you would see it covered on news shows and you would have sports shows doing recaps i mean wrestling didn't feel embarrassing anymore as far as a wrestling fan and hulk hogan was the was the the catalyst of all of that but you look at the monday night wars and how big austin got and the merchandise and just it's hogan was was more important possibly for wrestling you know, I, would the WWE have gone out of business if Austin didn't become who he was? I, I don't know. It's it's really hard to answer that question if you actually take a step back and think about it. Um, Vince, he also says, Vince said Austin broke all of Hogan's records um, and surpassed his popularity. I don't think Austin has surpassed popularity. Austin is a pop culture icon. Um, sure, Hogan is as well. Uh, it's, you think of what happened with the sex video and some of the things Hogan was caught saying on audio and video, which kind of fucks things up. But I think as far as their entire careers, I think Hogan is more widely known and more widely accepted. I, I honestly think. I mean, Austin is tremendously popular still. But I think just Hogan is just, just more broad. Even though, it, I agree, Austin broke all of Hogan's records. But as far as lasting effect, I think Hogan over Austin. Um, let's see. Nick Mullick, who is a bigger failure as WWE champion, Jinder Mahal or Bray Wyatt? 
Uh, I go with Bray Wyatt, and it's not Bray Wyatt's fault. The whole storyline with Randy Orton leaning into WrestleMania, it just, I don't know, it just didn't fit, didn't feel right. Felt like they took the belt off of Bray Wyatt way too soon. Jinder Mahal, nobody expected him to be put in the position that he was in, and he improved uh, substantially. So, no, I, I don't think either one of them was a failure, but Bray Wyatt, I didn't like the way WWE utilized his title reign. Um, do I think WWE uses Shield to get Roman over this year? I've been saying that before they even reformed. So, yeah, absolutely. Do I think the WrestleMania 34 main event will be worse than WrestleMania 32 due to predictability of Roman facing Brock Lesnar? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not sold yet that Brock will face Roman Reigns once again. It's very possible, but, you know, I'm not completely sold on that idea yet. Juan Sanchez, knowing how big of an ego he has, do I think Vince McMahon would have... Uh, this is a fucked up question. Would he have killed himself if WCW won the Monday Night Wars and went out of business? Uh, I, I don't try to predict uh, you know, mental anguish and depression and stuff like that, but do I think Vince McMahon would have committed suicide? No. I think Vince McMahon um, would have uh, retired, and I think he would have had you know comfortable life and but still, I you know, you can't predict depression sometimes. Sometimes you hear people, you know, committing suicide out of nowhere and you hear it in music and entertainment, sports, and you just left asking yourself, holy shit, you know, I had no idea. I I don't like uh I don't think that's a good question to ask. Darius McKenzie. Really interested in knowing how to get into the radio business. Honestly, I couldn't tell you. I mean, you know, I'm not in the radio business. I've had an opportunity here and there that I have passed up uh, because I don't see myself as radio quality. I like how we're doing everything right now, and that's the way it's going to remain. Um, I will never be doing this at a point where I could quit my regular job and do this as full time. You know, to me, it's this is a lot of fun, a lot of freedom. I don't have to answer to other people. We've had opportunities to possibly go on other networks, but too many restrictions. Um, but I will tell you this. Uh, there is school to get into radio. My suggestion would be contact Mish, Wrestling Soup. Mish has uh, worked for stations. Definitely give him an instant message. He will be more than happy uh, to talk to you about it. Pick his brain. He'll appreciate it. But... You know, you definitely want, if you're serious about getting into radio, definitely want to go to school. You definitely want to look into going to school for it. You also got to figure out, what do you want to do? You want to work in production? Do you want to actually host shows? But seriously, talk to Mish. Uh, he's definitely a good person to communicate. You know, uh, he'll tell you, he'll steer you in the right direction. Uh, Royal Hipster, how would I book the next shakeup? Uh, what was my favorite storyline of 2017? I liked the storyline with Jericho and Kevin Owens. The Festival of Friendship was my favorite of the whole year. Um, you know, it was sad to see them split, but it was the right thing to do. I know there are segments on Trax's channel where I talk about it in detail. The only thing I would have done different was I would have had Jericho defeat Kevin Owens and win the Universal title at WrestleMania. I would not have had Goldberg versus Lesnar for that belt. Jericho could have dropped it shortly thereafter, but I think that would have been the right way to culminate that storyline.
Um, I, 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 I don't know. To, to me, that's the way I would have done. As far as the shakeup, you know, look, we're already getting into WrestleMania. Let WrestleMania happen, and then we'll, you know, we're going to shake it up. They'll do another draft or something. Let's get through WrestleMania, and then we can worry about that. Fernando, what are my thoughts on Undertaker's streak ending? Should it have ended? Who would I have liked to seen him get beat by instead of Brock Lesnar? I don't think it should have ended. I think that's a, a one-in-a-million opportunity to have someone wrestle that many matches, be that important, and be undefeated during all that time. Um, of course, we look back on it and you say, okay, maybe it was Brock Lesnar's time and this and that, and, you know. But still, you know, now because he's defeated Undertaker, you know, he's mortal and you don't have that aura anymore that he's, you know, 29 and 0, 30, whatever, no, blah, 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 no. I would have thought, you know, as far as his Hall of Fame career, having that right at the beginning to be that, you know, that many wins at WrestleMania undefeated would be such a strong talking point. But WWE realizes that Undertaker is not going to lose any credibility by having one or two losses at WrestleMania. And as far as who else I would have seen, rather seen him lose to, nobody right now. To be honest with you, nobody. Honestly, nobody. I can't think of nobody. Uh, I know some people right now may think Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, and probably have a few other names in mind. It's got to be the right scenario, right storyline, the right moment. So I don't, I don't think he should have lost, in my honest opinion. Uh, okay, Fabe, if I could change one thing from wrestling this year, a debut, match finish, booking, business decision from any company. Now, you got to remember, everyone, I'm answering these questions sight unseen. I like giving spur-of-the-moment answers without thinking about it. A lot of times after I do the show, I'll listen to something back. and be like, fuck, I should have thought of this, this, and that. But the first one that comes to mind right off the bat, I would not have done the storyline of Jason Jordan being the son of Kurt Angle. Did not like it. Wasn't needed. Uh, even though, you know, turning heel and revealing that he lied about being Kurt Angle's son would probably get him over as a heel. I just think overall, it wasn't needed. Uh, Jacob Walton, what is the best movie I've seen this year and the worst movie I've seen this year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, I don't really, there's a lot of movies that have come out that I did not, I had no interest in seeing whatsoever. Uh, I did see part of the emoji film. I had to change the fucking channel. I mean, I know little kids got a kick out of it. I just couldn't stand it. I did see a good movie called The Shape of Water. All right. It's like a little bit of a science fiction movie. I don't want to give anything away with it, but uh, it's a pretty cool flick. Go, you know, if you want to see a good movie that got a lot of great reviews that might be under the radar, The Shape of Water. Uh, go check it out. It stars uh, Sally Hawkins. So go out of your way. Uh, I think you'll probably find that that one uh, pretty interesting. Should we wrap it up? You know, I, I'm actually on my lunch hour right now. I got to get back to work, do more stuff. I mean, obviously, I got more questions here I need to answer. So you know what? Um, let's see. You know, I think we'll end it here. And uh, what I think we'll do is I will save some more questions for Monday with Kev. And yes, we'll pick five winners from the questions that we already answered. But for the ones that are remaining, we'll probably pick some additional winners. So if you did not hear your question answered yet, you know, look, the one thing you should notice from most of the questions that were asked 
over the last two weeks, they're not outdated in the sense that it's not like someone saying, who do you think is going to win, uh, you know, I'm raw next week. You know, there are questions of whether I answered them last week, this week, or next week. They're not outdated. That's what I like about a lot of the questions that were sent in. So, you know, we'll get into the rest of the questions on Monday for the DTKC show. And for the ones that we didn't answer already, like I said, I will definitely, without a doubt, um, you know, announce the winners for those. I didn't forget my associate producers are friends of the show. Before that, I want to uh, welcome Jorge Sandoval, Rick DeMarno Martel. Yes, that's his name he's using, Kwai Hopkins. Shout out to our associate producers, Brent Webster, Tom Nelson, Metaphor Isaac Fox, Hassan Hashmi, Blake Michaels, Tykesy Bowers, Nathan Grunman, Jerry Stewart, Chad Davis, Jordan Good. Actually, you know what? There is a little bit more wrestling news that I want to get into before we call it a night. But let me do some shout outs first. Brandon Foley, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Charles Lentz, Courtney Summers, Brandon Goins, Carl Buto, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Rich Diaz, Althanahia, Alex Catalupo, Crystal and Sakani Eugene Wright, Bespoken, Anthony Smith, Jaron Bartolome, James Grusom, Mark Israel, Matt Militia, Jeffrey Collins, Julian LeBlanc, Tim Everhart, Anthony Arado, Bob O'Mac, Sean DeMarsh, Lucia Dalban, Living Legend, Michael Rodriguez, Danes Valdez, Billy Taylor, Mandingo Chamberlain, Josh Wilson, Marcus Antonius, Jason Pratt, Toby Deshong, Scott Woodford, CJ Uihara, Cress, again, happy birthday, my friend, Mustainer, James Deal, again, another birthday shout out in a moment, Frank O'Shea, Ernesto Defensa, Spider Lou and Adam Demoy, Anna, Steve Spiniak, Merle Coombs Jr., Joe Bassey, Brian Burr, Michael Cuomo, Rob McCabe, and Douglas McKay. I also want to give a very special happy birthday. The Big Four Five, Tommy Pikeshi, loyal supporter, friend of the show, longtime patron, really good guy up and down. Happy birthday, my friend. All the best. I know it's the Big Four Five for you, and I hope you're enjoying it. You know, as I'm doing this, I'm looking at the corner of my screen, getting updated weather alerts. See, for those that don't know, here in New York, we're supposed to get some big-time snow overnight. Snow's supposed to start around 4 o'clock in the morning, which is the same time New Japan is going to be taking place live. And a few people ask me, am I going to wake up early and tune in live? And the answer is, I fucking doubt it, because I'm supposed to work tomorrow. As much as I want to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning or 3 o'clock in the morning to watch New Japan, you know, I got to be at work 8 o'clock in the morning. So right now it's a little up in the air if I'm even going to be able to get to work if we get a lot of snow. But I will definitely, without a doubt, be watching New Japan over the weekend, and I'll have my thoughts about it uh, probably on Monday. Um, I have to check with Kev to see if he's going to tune in and watch it as well. You know, you got to remember, you know, sometimes it's very hard to have a conversation with two people when only one person sees a product. And it's not fair to Kev or vice versa, because if I watch New Japan and I'm commenting about all the matches and I'm giving feedback and stuff like that, and my co-host did not see it, what is he going to do? He's just going to sit there and just hear me ramble for X amount of minutes. And, you know, it's not fair to him. So, you know, I'll definitely be talking about it Monday the as far as how much time don't know yet uh let's see lax shout out to you i'm not gonna oh every shout out to everybody who brought up the roman reigns questions with kev obviously i'm not answering any of those fernando bahina who's the hottest wwe current women's wrestler he believes it's either alexa bliss or sasha banks alexa bliss has improved 
is she in the top five amongst the roster? No. WWE, I think, on their top ten, put her at number three. Again, for those that heard our show Monday, that's the reason why we don't like to get into top ten lists, whether it's Sports Illustrated or WWE or anywhere else. We did make mention about The Miz being chosen as the Wrestler of the Year by Rolling Stone. That's a little different. But as far as top 10 lists, you know, you'll get different answers on a lot of different sites. You'll get some people that are heavily weigh in Japan, New Japan and other Japanese organizations, indie groups where, you know, 90 to 95% of the fans did not watch this. Stuff. Look, it's very easy to say that Okada is the wrestler of the year. The problem is if you only watched one match or two matches total for the whole year, All you're doing is you're basing his resume on what other people are saying. And personally, I think when you choose a wrestler of the year, it should be someone where a majority of people have followed their work for the entire year. That's just my opinion. Um, That's the reason why we don't include many times um, wrestlers on the indies in Japan in our voting uh, when we do our own awards because we want to choose people. Now, look, it's different when you want to go match of the year. Because if we turn around and we say Okada versus AJ Styles match of the year, or, and I know it hasn't happened for a while, but my point is if I say that, every single one of you could go online, watch the match, compare it to all the matches you saw in Impact Wrestling or WWE elsewhere, and you could say to yourself, wow, that was a fucking awesome match. Yeah, yeah, I see why they chose that. But when you want to choose a wrestler of the year, if you didn't follow the guy other than what you're reading online for the whole year, how do you really get to answer that? So that's something I wanted to mention too. And speaking of awards, several of you asked pretty much the same question, so I'll answer them all together. But a lot of you asked, how come, DT, Casey, you guys don't participate in wrestling awards? You don't ask listeners to vote for you in this and that, whether it's Stitcher or other wrestling websites. I'll tell you why. And, you know, in the past I've singled out some of these award sites I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to start shit. But, you know, I still got most of the emails saved, and I got one in front of me. I'm not going to mention the website, but I hate to break it to everybody out there, but most of these wrestling websites that do awards, they're just contest amongst their friends, meaning that they're not real fan voting. And I'll give you an example. Not too long ago, we were invited to be part of, you know, award thing on site, and I kind of felt... Like they were asking us to be part of it more to plug them than to actually plug us. And they were like, no, tell all your fans, you know, all your listeners, you know, vote for you and this and that. So I was like, nah, you know, we're going to pass on it. And I gave my reasons why. And I said, you know, flat out, I honestly, you know, felt that, you know, it really, the votes really weren't calculated. It just, it was more of just, you know, sharing the popularity amongst a certain clique. And the response that I got, and this is word for word. Uh, it, it was, and I quote, I could understand your feelings since it is many of these same shows generally associated with the award show. We prefer to get as many other shows involved. So it's not always the same shows collecting awards since we're not directly associated with any of them. Some just choose to make more initiative towards getting votes than others. 
I will make sure that your show is featured on our website. And I, again, I invite you to be presenters of the show this year. Um, but if you listen to the award show, you will hear, this is the most important part, it is basically designed to be taken tongue-in-cheek, strictly as a fun way to acknowledge all the shows that are out there and not so much a competition of who is better than who. So in simple English, everyone, when you see a lot of podcasts out there, oh, radio show of the year, vote for us, vote for me, vote for this. Most of these award shows, they're not calculating votes. They basically, you know, will rotate and pick different people, sometimes friends, and they just try to spread it out. So no, 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 not going to take part in that. Honestly, you tune into what we do. You tune into the main shows, you subscribe to Patreon, you plug us on social media, whatever you do to support us, that is the ultimate award we could receive. And that is the God honest truth. So that's why if you notice, you know, we don't ask for you to vote for us anywhere. You know, it would be cool if you subscribe to us on iTunes and I posted the link and all the synopsis because, you know, it would give us a little bit more visibility on iTunes, you know, if you notice, I think I've asked for you to subscribe to iTunes maybe twice in eight years, but I noticed that, you know, if we want to get more listeners, a little more popularity, a little more Patreon subscribers, obviously we got to get more people to tune into the show and, and find out about us. And, you know, to, again, that is the ultimate award we could receive, and that is you tuning in. And that's not me being hokey. That is exactly the God honest truth, how we feel about it. Now, again, I'll admit, it was cool to be picked in Rolling Stone as one of the top wrestling podcasts when you realize that there's hundreds of them out there. But, you know, my feelings on Rolling Stone, you know, blah, blah, blah. I feel bad because my co-host was so happy and pumped that we were plugged the way we did in Rolling Stone. And I basically shot it down because I'm not a fan of Rolling Stone. Ever since they put the Zanaya Brothers on the cover... I am not a fan of the the page, even though I'm very much appreciative of getting exposure. And trust me, I wouldn't trade it. But now when it comes to wrestling radio awards, they're they're hokey, everyone. And most of the time, it's not really a pot, you know, legitimate voting and stuff like that. I have so many emails that I could post publicly and, but I don't want to burst the bubble of other podcasts out there. There's some podcasts out there that really, you know, push big time, vote for me, vote for our show, vote for my show. And I don't want to ruin it for them. If that's what they get enjoyment and satisfaction of, they work their asses off. They deserve it. But for, for us now, nah, we're not interested. I'm looking online and WWE announced the first two mixed tags for their tournament. They paired up Bobby Roode with Charlotte and they paired Braun Strowman with Alexa Bliss. Now, I know a lot of people wanted to see Braun Strowman get paired with Nia Jax, you know, based on what I've said in the past as well. But honestly, if you really think about it, you put Nia Jax and Braun Strowman together, that size and mammoth in size. I mean, uh, they would just run, in storyline, they should just run through that fucking tournament like it's nothing. So they wanted to do the oddball thing of Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman, you know, look at the drastic size. Just picture Alexa Bliss standing in the ring as a tag team next to Braun Strowman. It's going to look kind of wacky. But that's what WWE's intended to do with this. And yeah, I'm fine with it, if you actually think about it. Uh, not a generic name. Do I think Elias will ever be WWE champion? Uh, look, never say never, to be honest with you. Um, it's very possible. Right now, 
he hasn't done a whole lot. His match with John Cena is the highlight of him being on the main roster so far. You know, they've done little segments of him. He interacted with Jason Jordan and some others, you know, but I like him. I think he's doing well. I feel like WWE is trying to save his big time push until after WrestleMania, which they've done in the past with others. So there is no reason to rush Elias's push. Um, I can't see why he couldn't be heavyweight champion in the future. Right now, it's not in the cards, obviously. But again, he hasn't done you know anything really in the ring so far. So you know, you know, he's had some good matches, but they haven't put him in big time storylines. So, but again, no rush, no need to rush. And with that, I'm going to end it for tonight. Got almost 90 minutes in the bag, which is pretty much what I wanted to do anyway. So I hope you enjoy this episode of Breakfast of Blossie. Please, if you uh, aren't following me already on Twitter, go follow me on Twitter at DonTonyD. The website, DonTony.com. If you want to check out the archives of all of our shows that go back well over 10 years, DonTonyKevinCastle.com. If you like what we do and you can't get enough of it, Give our Patreon page a chance, patreon.com slash Don Tony. This Thursday night, Kev will be recording his solo show, Castle Chronicles. It'll be posted online, I would say, by around 10, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard. This coming Wednesday, you'll have Breakfast Soup on Patreon, which will be hosted by yours truly and Anthony Missionary Thomas of Wrestling Soup. For those that were expecting an episode of Blah 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 last week, I will definitely be doing one this Saturday, January 6th. Uh, I'll be doing it on location because uh, this Saturday is my dad's birthday and I'm definitely going to be spending uh, the weekend over at the parents visiting them. But still do blah, blah, blah over there. So definitely look forward to that. Kevin, I will return this Monday, uh, January 8th with your next edition of the Don Tony and Kevin Castle Show. And as far as Breakfast with Blossie goes, I return here once again in two weeks, January 17th with your next report. And uh, that's it. I'm out of here. Facebook.com slash DTKC show. And uh, everyone be well. Enjoy the rest of the week. Please send your feedback. Always appreciate Always welcomed. If you want to email me, email address is Tony at dontony.com. Easy enough. Just keep in mind, I get a fucking huge amount of emails there. So I may not get to yours within hours, but ultimately I get uh, back to everybody. So you all take care. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, once again, thank you, everyone, for the well wishes. Thank you for your support, your continued support. Definitely looking forward to 2018 to see where it holds as far as not only the shows, but wrestling and everything else going on in this world. So you all take care, be well, and I'll catch you all soon. Ciao, everybody. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVD. Smear koozie. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.